0: This is a review of the small group meeting that we held last Sunday in Portable D at 1 o'clock at Victory Family Church. That was March the 3rd. Uh, This is a review of that session. We like to provide reviews of each meeting so that you're able to stay current and so that uh, you can stay abreast of what we're sharing here. And so I want to give you a recap of what we covered. We began in Luke, the second chapter, And the 32nd verse, where Simeon, uh, a man of God who was praying concerning the first coming of Jesus, where he meets Mary and Joseph as they bring Jesus into the temple enclosure to dedicate him, Uh, Simeon takes Jesus up in his arms and he begins to declare the purpose for which Jesus has come. He begins by saying in the 32nd verse, and this is the Amplified Translation, Jesus is a light for revelation to the gentiles now when speaking of the gentiles uh, that's speaking of of the whole world or or the non-jewish peoples and and jesus uh, had had come according to simeon's uh, testimony to bring revelation now if you look at the word revelation i see the word reveal within that word in fact uh, i like to say it this way it's revelation Uh, Because that's what revelation does. Revelation reveals something to us that's been hidden. Uh, And Jesus came as a light in order to shine on the ignorance or the darkness that men were walking in. God is light. And the Bible says in him is no darkness. God doesn't want us walking in confusion. He doesn't want us walking in doubt. Uh, he wants us to understand His plans and His purposes. And so He brings light to us in order to reveal those things that He wants us to know. And that's why Jesus came. Uh, he came to reveal the Father. Jesus once said, as recorded in the, scriptures, in the Scriptures, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He came to reveal the Father's will. He came to reveal the Father's love, His mercy, and His power. He came to reveal truth. Jesus came to reveal the way to salvation. He came to reveal the kingdom of God. And He came to reveal the kingdom of darkness. In fact, Jesus gave definition to satanic work when He said, "...the thief cometh not before to steal, and to kill, and to destroy." Now, now, Jesus revealed the things of God through certainly His life and His ministry. Uh, he not only taught on the things of God, the kingdom of God, He also demonstrated the kingdom through the miracles that He did. Uh, and, and we, and we receive some teaching uh, from Jesus here uh, in the Gospels concerning the kingdom of God. And and there's a particular parable I want to draw your attention to, which is found in three of the four Gospels. This parable is, is referred to as the parable of the sower. Uh, we find it in Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, and Matthew chapter 13. Now this was obviously a very important parable. All the parables were important, but this per- parable receives uh, particular significance, because not only was it, it recorded in three of the four Gospels, and not every parable is recorded in that many Gospels, but if you read the accounts here of this parable, you'll find that there was a great multitude that had gathered to hear it. And one uh, particular account says that the people had come from every city round about, so so, so, this is something this was a parable that that the Holy Spirit wanted a lot of people to hear, and he wanted this parable to pan out to every region round about and concerning concerning this parable, Jesus said this in verse thirteen of the sec of the fourth chapter of mark. He said to them, "Do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible?" for you to discern and understand all the parables. Now that's a profound statement because he's saying that if we understand this particular parable, we'll be able to understand all the other parables. There's something about this parable that reveals the unknown. It reveals something that's that secret or a mystery. And and so it's important we understand this parable because it's going to unlock to us understanding in a lot of other areas of God. Now look what he says within this parable. Look what Jesus says here in the 11th verse. Jesus said to them, to you has been entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God. That is the secret counsels of God, which are hidden from the Ungodly. Now notice it says they're hidden from the ungodly. He's not telling his disciples that these things are hidden from them. But he does say that this mystery of the kingdom is hidden from the ungodly. He goes on to say, but for those outside of our circle, everything becomes a parable. So, so at first glance, one might think, well, Jesus is showing partiality. You know, he's letting some people understand the mystery of the kingdom of God, and then others, he's not letting them understand uh, the 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 mystery of the kingdom of God. Well, we know there's no sense of partiality here. God isn't, Jesus wasn't showing favoritism one over the other. Uh, Because if you read this parable, you'll find that Jesus then goes on to reveal why certain people are understanding it and why certain people aren't. And so as we read here, uh, Jesus uh, says, and I'm reading from the King James Version, uh, this is the parable. He says, Behold, there went out a sower to sow, It came to pass, as he sowed, some fell on the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other... Fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred fold. So, when describing the mystery of the kingdom of God, Jesus begins to share a parable that has agricultural applications. You see, you see, when God created the Garden of Eden, you know when He put seed in the earth, you know that. Uh, "...came forth from the invisible kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, from which all things came forth." Uh, there's nothing on earth uh, that we see that did not come from a source that was unseen. In fact, everything that we see came forth from His words. In Genesis, the Bible says He would say, let there be this and let there be that, and then it came to pass, came into existence. So the things that are in the seen realm actually came from the unseen realm. So it stands to reason that if we have an understanding of what's going on naturally... That's going to give us insight into what's going on supernaturally, because what we see naturally came from that supernatural realm. And Jesus is saying, if you want to understand the kingdom of God, understand that it operates along the principles of agriculture. And and he explains the parable further uh, in verse 14, when then he goes on to say, "...the sower sows the word." Now in the parable he said the sower sows the seed, but here it says he sows the word. And then he goes on to say how that, that that word or seed finds its way to certain kinds of ground. The ground represents people's hearts. And and the result of that seed, once once sown, varies depending upon the person who hears it. There are three of the four kinds of ground that produce little to nothing, uh, and the one that produced something produced it in varying measure, produced it thirty-fold, some sixty-fold, and some a hundredfold. Now if you go over to Matthew's rendition uh, of the account, you'll find that that seed or word that's being sown is the word of the kingdom. Uh, Matthew records that in the 13th chapter and the 19th verse. Where he says the sower sows the word of the kingdom, so the kingdom of God has has seed principles operating within it the word of the kingdom operates just as a seed would operate as a seed germinates as it puts down root as it as it then bears fruit if we want to understand how the kingdom of god operates then we need to understand how a seed is sown and how it matures and eventually bears fruit You see, the word of God, like a seed, is not just to be sown and do nothing. If the word of God, the word of the kingdom is sown and it just lies dormant in the dirt, if it doesn't produce something, then nobody's going to receive a benefit from it. When Jesus came, he not only preached the gospel of the kingdom, he demonstrated that kingdom. It was important for us to see that the kingdom of God is not in word only, But the Word of God is in action, and it's in power. The Word of God does something. It produces something. And so so Jesus was uh, explaining how the kingdom of God operated uh, from a parable that incorporated agricultural Mm -hmm. principles. And if we understand how those principles operate, then we'll understand how the kingdom of God operates operates. And so that's what we'll be getting into going forward uh, into next Sunday session. Again, we meet uh, in Portable D at one o'clock at Victory Family Church. We invite you to come to be a part of our meeting. Uh, I anticipate that at the conclusion of our, our sessions, we are going to see a demonstration of the kingdom. I well believe there are people that are going to receive their healing. I believe the power of God is going to be manifested, that the kingdom is not going to be in word only, but it will be in demonstration and in power. Because after all, we're here to carry out the ministry that Jesus began. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus came to demonstrate to us and to teach us how to operate within the kingdom of God. When he prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That wasn't just a prayer that applied to his personal life and ministry. When he prayed that prayer, he well believed that God was going to bring the kingdom of God to bear in the earth on a permanent basis. And he's doing that now through us, but we have to understand how it operates. And that's why it's so important that we explore these teachings of Jesus, because as Simeon said, Jesus. Jesus came to be a light for revelation, to reveal what? To reveal, among other things, the kingdom of God and the operation of that kingdom. So I hope you can be a part of, of uh, this this, uh, this small group, and we invite you to come. Uh, I will uh, say that there was a homework assignment given this last Sunday. If you can do it by this coming Sunday, that'd be great. The assignment was to read the parable of the sower as it's recorded in those three gospels uh, in uh, Mark chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 8 and also in Matthew's rendering in Matthew chapter, chapter 13. So, look forward to seeing you this next Sunday, and uh, bring your Bible with you, and we'll have uh, other materials uh, as you need them. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend. This is a review of the small group session called The Kingdom of God, uh, which meets in Portable D at 1 o'clock at Victory Family Church. We met this last Sunday, uh, March 10th. And uh, I want to give you a review of that session. We will meet at that same location and time each Sunday, and we certainly invite you to come, even though you've missed some sessions. Uh, we'll get you oriented when you when you get there, uh, so that you can get on, get in on the remaining sessions. Uh, in Colossians one thirteen, the scripture says we've been delivered. "...from the powers of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son." And uh, in Luke, the 17th chapter, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is in us. So as Christians, uh, we are actually living in an invisible kingdom called the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is in us. So it stands to reason uh, if we're in this world, but not of this world, we need to know something about the kingdom in which we're living. Uh, you know we can't operate in a place if we know nothing about it, and the beauty of the kingdom is that it has unlimited resources uh, there's no limitation when it comes to uh, the healing power of God or the deliverance uh, of God or the 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 wholeness the peace the mercy of God, the wisdom of God. Uh, Any and every resource uh, needed is within that kingdom. And it's available to us uh, by virtue of our joint uh, inheritance with Jesus Christ. Uh, But we need to know what we have so we can operate uh, in that. And so it's for that purpose that this small group has, has been developed and will continue over the next few weeks. And so we uh, want to look at Luke, uh, the second chapter, in the 30, 32nd verse as we start. Uh, this is an account of Jesus coming into the temple at the time of his dedication. He was a small baby. A man there by the name of Simeon had been praying concerning the first coming of Jesus. Uh, the scripture says the Holy Ghost revealed that he would not die until he saw the Savior. And so the Holy Spirit led him to come into the temple at the time that Mary and Joseph had brought him. And he took the baby up in his arms and he began to proclaim the purpose for which Jesus had come. And if we look at the second chapter of Luke, the 32nd verse, in the Amplified Translation, a Simeon says Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Now, light reveals something. Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. A light reveals something, and and I see the word reveal in that word revelation. Uh, In fact, I like to say it this way. It's revelation because truly that's what revelation does it reveals something and so when Jesus came as a light to reveal something he came to show us things concerning the father concerning the kingdom of God concerning the love of God Uh, the world had a very distorted view as to to the father and Jesus came to set the record straight Uh, people thought that it was God causing all the calamities and misery of the world but when Jesus came he displayed the love of God in a very vivid manner they could actually see him display the love of God in, in through his words and through his deeds and and so Jesus was the visible display of the father In fact, he told his disciples, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He came to reveal the kingdom of God, not just in word, but also in demonstration of power. Uh, He came to reveal the love of God. He came to reveal the peace of God. Uh, He also came to reveal the kingdom of darkness. He gave definition uh, to our adversary, saying that he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Uh, Jesus showed us the way of salvation, And then Jesus, when he left, said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit who's going to reveal more things to you. He'll guide you into all truth. He'll show you things to come. He'll be your teacher, your counselor, your strengthener. He sent us one alongside to help. So that we uh, could, could receive further revelation concerning the plan, the will of God for our life. So Jesus came as a light to reveal things. Uh, so one of those things he came to reveal was the kingdom of God. And so we want to look at a particular teaching that Jesus gave concerning this. Uh, this is a parable. It's referred to as the parable of the sower, and we find it in three of the four gospels. Uh, That of itself is significant because some parables are only found in one or two gospels. Uh, This particular parable was of such importance that that it's mentioned in three of the four gospels. Uh, That would be in in Matthew chapter thirteen, Mark chapter four, and Luke chapter eight. If you read here, you'll also find that when Jesus taught this, there was a great crowd that had gathered out of every city round about, Uh, That also speaks to the importance of this parable. Evidently, Jesus uh, needed this parable to be panned out throughout the region. Uh, And and that stands to reason when you look at Mark 4.13, where Jesus said, "...do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables?" It's like this parable is a key that unlocks our understanding of all the other parables. And many of those parables had to do with the kingdom of God. So Jesus said, if we understand how this parable operates... Uh, It will help us understand other aspects to the kingdom of God as we study other parables that Jesus gave. Now, I want to look at verse 11 here in the same chapter, fourth chapter of Mark, where Jesus said, To you has been given or entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God, that is, the secret counsels of God which are hidden from the ungodly, But for those outside of our circle, everything becomes a parable. He tells his disciples, it's given to you to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to the ungodly, it's not given. Now, at first, that appears to be something Uh, along the lines of favoritism or partiality. It's like God is saying, I like you disciples better than I like the ungodly. But that's not the case. As we study this parable, we'll find, in fact, that Jesus explains why certain people don't understand the parable and others do. And he likens people to certain kinds of ground into which the seed of God's word is planted. And so as we read here... uh, as we read here, uh, we want to see something about the parable of the sower and uh, how, how this kingdom uh, operates through it. And I'm here in Luke's Gospel now in chapter 8. And I want to begin reading in verse 5 as Jesus teaches uh, this, this parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as, the, as the seed fell some by the wayside, it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it another other fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit, and hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? Now, Jesus is going to give them an understanding of this parable. And he says, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So definitely he's talking about the mysteries, the principles of the kingdom of God here. But he says to others, it's in parables, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word of "'out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. "'They on the rock are they which when they have heard "'receive the word with joy, and these have no root, "'which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. "'And that which fell among thorns are they "'which when they have heard go forth and are choked "'with cares and riches and pleasures of this life "'and bring no fruit to perfection.'" But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now I want to focus on the wayside ground. There were four kinds of ground. Three did not produce fruit. Only one produced fruit. And I, But I want to look at the first uh, parcel of ground here that was sown upon because it reveals uh, within it the reason why many of the ungodly were not able to understand it. It it, it says here, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as uh, he went, some fell on the wayside, and it was, notice, trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Now, when Jesus explains that uh, to his disciples, he says those by, on the wayside hear the word and then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts. So that raises the question, why was the devil able to come and take away or steal away that which had been sown in their hearts? Well, we can see why up here in the fifth verse where Jesus said when the seed is sown, it was trodden down. Now, now what does that mean? If you're trotting over or walking over something, you are not valuing it. See, when that seed was sown, though precious as it was, there were individuals that were acting like as if they could care less about the word that had been sown. They had no esteem for that word, no respect for that word. As far as they were concerned, it was just like gravel or dirt. And they didn't care anything more about it than to walk over it. They trod over it. They had no respect for it. And because of that, the birds were able to come and and take it away the birds representing the work of the enemy, the devil, he was able to come and steal it away from them before it ever had a chance to get planted, before it ever took root, and before it ever bore fruit. Now, I'm referring to the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And we see here Jesus giving some more parables of the kingdom of God, sometimes referred to as the kingdom of heaven. And as we read a couple of these parables over here, I think we can see clearly why those that had received the word and ill-esteemed it, why they were not able to understand it. Here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus taught this, "...the kingdom of heaven is like something precious buried in a field, which a man found and hid again." Then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Now notice, the kingdom of heaven is like something, it says, precious, buried in a field, which a man found, and then he hid it again. Then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has to buy the field. Why did he sell all that he had to buy the field? Because what he had found was something very, very precious. He esteemed it, he wanted it, he desired it. He wanted to lay hold of it. And he was willing to lay aside everything else that he owned, he sold it so he had enough to buy the field so that he not only owned the field, but he owned that which was precious which he had hidden within that field. Now that's valuing something. That's esteeming something. That's not trotting over it. That, that is taking care of it. In fact, he hid it because he didn't want anything to come and to steal it away. The seed that had been sown by the wayside ground was so ill esteemed, it just laid there on the surface and Satan came along like a bird and he just stole it away. This man didn't value this particular item the same way. It was so precious to him, he didn't leave it on the surface so somebody could come along and take it. He actually buried it within the dirt. And then lest somebody else should come along and, and find it, he bought the field it was buried in. So he was very zealous about that which he held as precious. And, and then as if uh, the people didn't get it, Jesus went on and gave them uh, another uh, parable of the kingdom. Uh, here in verse forty. Verse 45, he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a dealer in search of of, of fine and precious pearls, who on finding a single pearl of great price went and sold all he had and bought it. There again, he says, the kingdom of God is is like this man that finds a precious, precious pearl and, and, and he sells all that he has to buy it. Uh, Now that's putting value on something. And so what Jesus was, was saying was, if you're going to understand the things of the kingdom of God, you cannot be passive. You have to actively engage in pursuing the kingdom of God. You have to value it. You have to want to understand it. In fact, we know from scripture that the disciples left all that they had to follow Jesus. Some were fishermen. One was a tax collector. Others left their homes, left their families, left the familiar in order to lay hold of the kingdom of God. So no wonder Jesus told them at the time of that teaching, the parable of the sower, Jesus said, it's given unto you to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God. Why? Because they had proven that they valued the things of God, the things of the kingdom of God. And that here is key for us to understand the the kingdom of God, to lay hold of it. We're going to have to to value it uh, above uh, other things. Uh, We can't let other things take the place of this pursuit uh, we, ha- we have to be very focused, very single-minded, and, and if we are, uh, these things, these mysteries will not be withheld from us. We'll understand this parable, and in understanding this parable, it will unlock our understanding of all the other parables, and we need to understand them if we're to operate within this kingdom that we're living in, a kingdom that's also within us. So we want to approach the next few weeks wholehearted. At the conclusion of our session last Sunday, we prayed the prayer of commitment where we said, Father, not my will, thy will be done. We dedicated ourselves to the purpose of understanding the things of God and expressed our willingness to God to lay aside all else that we may lay hold of that which is truly precious. So I invite you to to be with us uh, tomorrow. It'll be uh, Sunday, uh, March the 17th, and we'll uh, begin again at 1 o'clock in Portable D. Trust you'll be there with us. This is a review of the small group session called The Kingdom of God, uh, which meets in Portable D at 1 o'clock at Victory Family Church. We met this last Sunday, uh, March 10th. And uh, I want to give you a review of that session. We will meet at that same location and time each Sunday, and we certainly invite you to come, even though you've missed some sessions. Uh, we'll get you oriented when you when you get there, uh, so that you can get on get in on the remaining sessions. Uh, in Colossians one thirteen, the scripture says we've been delivered from the powers of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And uh, in Luke, the 17th chapter, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is in us. So as Christians, uh, we are actually living in an invisible kingdom called the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is in us. So it stands to reason uh, if we're in this world, but not of this world, we need to know something about the kingdom in which we're living. Uh, you know we can 't operate in a place if we know nothing about it, and the beauty of the kingdom is that it has unlimited resources uh, there's no limitation when it comes to uh, the healing power of God or the deliverance uh, of God or the 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 wholeness the peace the mercy of God, the wisdom of God. Uh, Any and every resource uh, needed is within that kingdom. And it's available to us uh, by virtue of our joint uh, inheritance with Jesus Christ. Uh, But we need to know what we have so we can operate uh, in that. And so it's for that purpose that this small group has, has been developed and will continue over the next few weeks. And so We uh, want to look at Luke, uh, the second chapter, in the 32nd verse, as we start. Uh, This is an account of Jesus coming into the temple at the time of his dedication. He was a small baby. A man there by the name of Simeon had been praying concerning the first coming of Jesus. The, The scripture says the Holy Ghost revealed that he would not die until he saw the Savior. And so the Holy Spirit led him to come into the temple at the time that Mary and Joseph had brought him. And he took the baby up in his arms and he began to proclaim the purpose for which Jesus had come. And if we look at the second chapter of Luke, the 32nd verse, in the Amplified Translation, Simeon says Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Now, Light reveals something. Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. A light reveals something. And and I see the word reveal in that word revelation. Uh, In fact, I like to say it this way. It's revelation. Because truly, that's what revelation does. It reveals something. And so when Jesus came as a light to reveal something, he came to show us things concerning the Father, concerning the kingdom of God, concerning the love of God. Uh, the world had a very distorted view as to, to the Father. And Jesus came to set the record straight. Uh, people thought that it was God causing all the calamities and misery of the world. But when Jesus came, he displayed the love of God in a very vivid manner. They could actually see him display the love of God in, in, through his words and, and through his deeds. And and so Jesus was the visible display of the Father. In fact, he told his disciples, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He came to reveal the kingdom of God, not just in word but also in demonstration of power. Uh, he came to reveal the love of God. He came to reveal the peace of God. Uh, he also came to reveal the kingdom of darkness. He gave definition uh, to our adversary, saying that he can't comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Uh, Jesus showed us the way of salvation. And then Jesus, when he left, said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit who's going to reveal more things to you. He'll guide you into all truth. He'll show you things to come. He'll be your teacher, your counselor, your strengthener. He sent us one alongside to help. So that we uh, could, could receive further revelation concerning the plan, the will of God for our life. So Jesus came as a light to reveal things. Uh, so one of those things he came to reveal was the kingdom of God. And so we want to look at a particular teaching that Jesus gave concerning this. Uh, this is a parable. It's referred to as the parable of the sower, and we find it in three of the four gospels. Uh, That of itself is significant because some parables are only found in one or two gospels. Uh, This particular parable was of such importance that that it's mentioned in three of the four gospels. Uh, That would be in in Matthew chapter thirteen, Mark chapter four, and Luke chapter eight. If you read here, you'll also find that when Jesus taught this, there was a great crowd that had gathered out of every city round about... Uh, That also speaks to the importance of this parable. Evidently, Jesus uh, needed this parable to be panned out throughout the region. Uh, And and that stands to reason when you look at Mark 4.13, where Jesus said, "...do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables?" It's like this parable is a key that unlocks our understanding of all the other parables. And many of those parables had to do with the kingdom of God. So Jesus said if we understand how this parable operates, uh, it will help us understand other aspects to the kingdom of God as we study other parables that Jesus gave. Now, I want to look at verse 11 here in the same chapter, fourth chapter of Mark, where Jesus said, "...to you has been given or entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God, that is, the secret counsels of God, which are hidden from the ungodly. But for those outside of our circle, everything becomes a parable." He tells his disciples, It's given to you to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to the ungodly it's not given. Now, at first, that appears to be something. Uh, along the lines of favoritism or partiality. It's like God is saying, I like you disciples better than I like the ungodly. But that's not the case. As we study this parable, we'll find, in fact, that Jesus explains why certain people don't understand the parable and others do. And he likens people to certain kinds of ground into which the seed of God's Word is planted. And so as we read here... uh as we read here, uh we want to see something about the parable of the sower and uh how how this kingdom uh operates through it. And I'm here in Luke's gospel now in chapter 8 and I want to begin reading in verse 5 as Jesus teaches uh this this parable A sower went out to sow his seed, and as the as the seed fell some by the wayside, it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it sprung up it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and other fell on good ground, and sprang up and bare fruit, and hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? Now, Jesus is going to give them an understanding of this parable. And he says, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So definitely he's talking about the mysteries, the principles of the kingdom of God here. But he says to others, it's in parables, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word "'out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. "'They on the rock are they which when they have heard "'receive the word with joy, and these have no root, "'which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. "'And that which fell among thorns are they "'which when they have heard go forth and are choked "'with cares and riches and pleasures of this life "'and bring no fruit to perfection.'" But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now I want to focus on the wayside ground. There were four kinds of ground. Three did not produce fruit. Only one produced fruit. And I but I want to look at the first uh, parcel of ground here that was sown upon because it reveals uh, within it the reason why many of the ungodly were not able to understand it. It it, it says here, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as uh, he went, some fell on the wayside, and it was, notice, trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Now, When Jesus explains that uh, to his disciples, he says those by on the wayside hear the word and then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts. So that raises the question, why was the devil able to come and take away or steal away that which had been sown in their hearts? Well, we can see why up here in the fifth verse where Jesus said when the seed is sown, it was trodden down. Now, now what does that mean? If you're trotting over or walking over something, you are not valuing it. See, when that seed was sown, though precious as it was, there were individuals that were acting like as if they could care less about the word that had been sown. They had no esteem for that word, no respect for that word. As far as they were concerned, it was just like gravel or dirt. And they didn't care anything more about it than to walk over it. They trod over it. They had no respect for it. And because of that, the birds were able to come and and take it away the birds representing the work of the enemy, the devil, he was able to come and steal it away from them before it ever had a chance to get planted, before it ever took root, and before it ever bore fruit. Now, I'm referring to the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And we see here Jesus giving some more parables of the kingdom of God, sometimes referred to as the kingdom of heaven. And as we read a couple of these parables over here, I think we can see clearly why those that had received the word and ill-esteemed it, why they were not able to understand it. Here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus taught this, The kingdom of heaven is like something precious buried in a field, which a man found and hid again. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Now notice, the kingdom of heaven is like something, it says, precious, buried in a field, which a man found and then he hid it again. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has to buy the field. Why did he sell all that he had to buy the field? Because what he had found was something very, very precious. He esteemed it. He wanted it. He desired it. He wanted to lay hold of it. And he was willing to lay aside everything else that he owned. He sold it so he had enough to buy the field, so that he not only owned the field, but he owned that which was precious, which he had hidden within that field. Now that's valuing something. That's esteeming something. That's not trotting over it. That, that is taking care of it. In fact, he hid it because he didn't want anything to come and to steal it away. The seed that had been sown by the wayside ground was so ill esteemed, it just laid there on the surface and Satan came along like a bird and he just stole it away. This man didn't value this particular item the same way. It was so precious to him, he didn't leave it on the surface so somebody could come along and take it. He actually buried it within the dirt. And then lest somebody else should come along and, and find it, he bought the field it was buried in. So he was very zealous about that which he held as precious. And, and then as if uh, the people didn't get it, Jesus went on and gave them uh, another uh, parable of the kingdom uh, here in verse forty. Verse 45, he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a dealer in search of of, of fine and precious pearls, who on finding a single pearl of great price went and sold all he had and bought it. There again, he says, the kingdom of God is is like this man that finds a precious, precious pearl and, and, and he sells all that he has to buy it. Uh, now that's putting value on something, and so what jesus was was saying was if you're going to understand the things of the kingdom of God, you cannot be passive. you have to actively engage in pursuing the kingdom of God, you have to value it, you have to want to understand it in fact, we know. From scripture, that the disciples left all that they had to follow Jesus. Some were fishermen, one was a tax collector, others left their homes, left their families, left the familiar in order to lay hold of the kingdom of God. So, no wonder Jesus told them at the time of that teaching, the parable of the sower, Jesus said, It's given unto you to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God. Why? Because they had proven that they valued the things of God, the things of the kingdom of God. And that here is key for us to understand the, the kingdom of God, it, to lay hold of it. We're going to have to, 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 to value it uh, above uh, other things. Uh, we can't let other things take the place of this pursuit uh, we ha- we have to be very focused, very single-minded, and, and if we are, uh, these things, these mysteries will not be withheld from us. We'll understand this parable, and in understanding this parable, it will unlock our understanding of all the other parables, and we need to understand them if we're to operate within this kingdom that we're living in, a kingdom that's also within us. So we want to approach the next few weeks wholehearted. At the conclusion of our session last Sunday, we prayed the prayer of commitment where we said, Father, not my will, thy will be done. We dedicated ourselves to the purpose of understanding the things of God and expressed our willingness to God to lay aside all else that we may lay hold of that which is truly precious. So I invite you to to be with us uh, tomorrow. It'll be uh, Sunday, uh, March the 17th, and we'll uh, begin again at 1 o'clock in Portable D. Trust you'll be there with us.